0: okay cool so we're live on the air i see will fitzpatrick is here uh my glasses are fogging up because of the lights i'm sweating let me just clean that off and then get my drink in order here hope everyone is doing well i haven't done a solo thing in a while I'm going to have a little bit of this uh, Pabst Blue Ribbon hard coffee to start out the show here. Oh, mom's in the, in the chat room. There she is. So, yeah, um, I believe Jan- January, July 16th, I believe, is the actual date, but uh, 14 years ago. Ten drink minimum went uh, live on the internet for the first time. Pull that down a little bit there, and uh, you know that, that's that's a long time to do anything. You know, you, you know, how many things have you done in your life that you're like, I did uh, fourteen years of this or that or the other. You know, it's a tough one. It's it's interesting. It's like, how how do you feel about it? You know. Oh yeah, man. I uh, actually went and rode my electric skateboard earlier and right as I was getting home, it started to pour and I walked in and I realized I had locked my keys in the house. I left them in there when I went back in to get um, a filter for my camera and so I was locked out and it was raining, but luckily I wasn't out in the rain, so oh man thank you on the congrats <laughs> do it longer than three weeks and it becomes a habit and so it's a 14 year old habit yeah I, I would say it's a habit at this point so i'm uh, you know i don't know i don't know what if you guys want to hear the history if you guys are wanting to hear i mean I, I my mama knows the history pretty well she's been there for a lot of it so um i'm the i'm the sole member uh the, you know i started this show with my good friend at you know and then uh my girlfriend at the time in portales new mexico let me adjust the sound here see if that's better yet maybe that maybe that'll work i don't know audio was really pissing me off um which is, you know, ongoing, an ongoing thing in the history of the show. But, you know, we started this uh, um, show on the north side of Portales, And, you know, literally I was sitting there on a lawnmower listening to my, my you know, my, oh, what are those things called? Not, not an iPod, the iPod Nano. And I was listening to uh, podcasts. I was like, well, what, what is this thing, you know? Cause I'd gotten tired of my music and I didn't know, you know, I was just like, well, you know, I need something to occupy my mind while I mow a lawn is basically what I was, is the genesis of where I am now. And, you know, as we all do, you know, we want to run on the treadmill. You want to listen to some music or you want to listen to a podcast now, or you're on a road trip and you want to, you know, listen to some talk radio. Well, I was mowing a lawn and I was like, you know, I got tired it was a big lawn that we had to mow about every two weeks and I was wanting to listen to something while I did that and uh, I found podcasts and I was like well um I think I can do this and so I convinced my friend who had more money than i did to to kind of foot the bill for it you know and so we went to radio shack and we I remember i I really remember we go to radio shack and i think we bought three microphones they were like realistic microphones the brand name which is just trash and then uh we bought basically a thing you plug into the microphones into that just basically were the volume they were like a basic mixer that just had volume also realistic and I had, uh, we didn't, you know, we didn't have recorders back then where you could just, you know, plug everything in and record it to an SD card. So, no, it wasn't Atom. It was Tic Tac. Um, so we would plug, so I would, you know, I figured out by listening to shows that, you know, I needed something, an external sound card. And I could plug that... Uh, volume for the microphones into the computer and then we could record to audacity and i had this really shitty sony laptop that would overheat and i would put it in the freezer before a show just so it was cold so it wouldn't overheat and shut off during the show of course later on in life i learned how to fix that it's called clean out the the fan you know um and, and you know and it sounded awful it was awful five nights a week one hour a, a night you know and we would sit there and write show notes and uh you know the woman on the show adrian she would uh, she would do kind of like an entertainment portion and uh yeah Audacity's awesome man i still use every every it's it's the one thing it's like everybody like the first of all the question i hate answering more than anything is like you know hey what do i need to start a podcast man i I don't know you know i probably do it the way i do it you know it's much harder than anybody else does it probably and i've tried to make that easier and easier but i I, i've seen people do it with a cell phone now not my choice I'm not saying that's right, wrong, or the other, but the one thing I will tell you, though, is I I don't understand why anyone would pay for a program to record audio, especially just talking. I understand for music, don't get me wrong, because then you can level the tracks, you know, but If you're just recording people talking, why would you pay for anything to do that when there's a program called Audacity that for 14 years I have never found anything better to use? And if you Google how do I make a podcast, guarantee you they're going to say in there Audacity. Okay. The first episode was trash garbage. The second episode of the show, also probable trash garbage. But I want to point out this person who's on the screen right now. His name is John Cambry. John Cambry has has. er, He was one of the first listeners to my show. I think he probably started on the second episode. I've never met this person, but we are friends. Um he 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 used to send me beer that he made in the mail and he you know he you know I mean he didn't if the post office is listening. Um he would send me bombers from California and he's kind of, you know, he's one of those guys that pops in and out. You know, he always hits me up with North Carolina's playing. So he, he if you want to talk about like the early day, like I could probably do an interview with him and I could say this guy's probably knows more about it than I do because I don't remember. I drank a lot on a lot of those shows, so I don't know. And a lot of that audio is gone. So. But, um, yeah, John, John was one of the first listeners of the show. Ooh, Kyle, Kyle Wayne's in greetings from uh, greetings to Santa Fe, Mr. Kyle Wayne. Uh, what did I saw? I saw somebody post it. Realistic was Radio Shack's version of Walmart's great value brand. Yeah. I mean, when I say we were podcasting, man, we were ghetto podcasting. We were uh, bottom of the barrel, you know, trying to figure it out. Um, and <laughs> nice 10 DM for life, brother. We were trying to figure it out. And I literally remember, you know, going on a forum you know, we don't, there was a lot of forums back in those days. That was the big, you know, we had our own forums at one time on our on our website. Um, but I remember um, literally at, going on a forum for a show and I said, hey, I have a question. You know, I'm trying to figure out this, you know, how to figure out how this works. Like the biggest, the first biggest hurdle I ever had podcasting. Like I could record, I could figure out with Audacity how to record um audio like talking into a microphone and it would go onto the computer and i could save it and then i would add like i had a friend come over and he played the electric guitar and i like held a microphone up to the you know the electric to the electric guitar and he played like the first like you know tendric minimum uh uh theme song and i think it was actually called 10 he called it 10 joint minimum because it was very it was very sublimey Um, but I couldn't figure out how, like, if I wanted audio off of my computer to go through the show while we were playing, like while we were doing it, I, I couldn't figure out how, um, to get that audio to come in at the same time. Like I'd always play a clip and it would just not be on the finished product. Um, so I would have to go through and record that clip and then add it in. And, you know, that, for editing purposes, it's a real pain in the ass. And so I remember going on to some, like, uh, site for somebody and asking him Because there wasn't, there wasn't really, like, uh, you know, you couldn't Google the instructions. People just didn't. There, there weren't any. So I remember going on someone's forum and uh, asking that question. And literally they said, fuck off. And I was like, oh, okay. So then, like. I went on another show and or a forum, and I wrote them, and I say, "Hey, I'm I'm a new podcaster. Um, can you help me with this thing?" And the guy read it aloud on his show, and then like ripped a paper in half, like I had mailed it in, like physically mailed it in. So people weren't uh, they weren't really forthcoming, and so then uh, I, I and so then I remember like. I, I really liked this one show called Keith and the Girl. Big fan. And, uh, you know, I, I was afraid to write it. Because they were they were like just regular. They were comedians that decided they wanted to do a podcast way before. You know, they, they literally started, you know, probably a year before I did. Maybe, maybe. And I was a big fan. So then I wrote Keith and I was asking him about like how to get it. And he he was the only person that was like, oh, yeah, hey man! In the email, he goes, y- you click on, you find this part, you click on it, and you add blah blah blah, and boom, it worked. And I was like, wow, somebody you know actually helped, and it was crazy because like I was like, oh, well, I'm a you know I'm a fan now because they were literally like not afraid. Like a lot of podcasts are afraid, like oh, the more people who do this, we're not gonna you know be famous or whatever the shit it was, you know. And uh, Keith Keith Malley was like you know, I'll help you. I don't care. I'm not, I'm not intimidated by you, you know? I'll, I, I, and they're still going strong as far as I can tell, you know? But, um, that was a big hurdle. Um, man, I'm just thinking about all those, those times in that one room. I mean, we had this, we had this, uh, table with a, with a, a card tick. Cause like card playing cards was really big in those days. And uh, so I had a card table, and we would like kind of do the show on top of that. And um, thinking back on that is kind of crazy because, like, we I remember we had like our fiftieth show. A bunch of people came over, and we had like a couple people play on that show. I wish I had that audio. Price, probably, I probably wish I don't, but you know. Um, man, if you guys have any questions, by by all means, ask during this. I'll definitely answer anything um but oh where, where was i going at um so yeah um turn that up a little bit I'm always fighting with audio for you know until the day i die i'm gonna fight with audio um until there's just some ai robot that just fucking does it for you i tell you um and you know was it fun? Absolutely. It was really interesting, really fun, really weird. It was like the Wild West, you know? There was a lot of times you would record a show and, and you and you would end up throwing it in the trash because it was just bad. Like, you know, there would be a hum you didn't know about, you know? There's some sort of crossed wire and, you know, and you'd have this fun show or, or it wasn't recording. It wasn't recording the audio because it just wasn't. And you'd, I just remember like starting shows over like many times where I would uh, we would have something scripted out and then we'd say it and have fun and then all of a sudden I'm like oh shit like two minutes in I'm like ah oh, we didn't uh, we didn't uh, record that and so we would kind of try to recreate it the best we can and make it sound as organic as we could. Um, so um, I was 31. I was still kind of like around that's where i went to college i wasn't in college at the time my girlfriend was like she was in college um and um yeah we were just kind of people trying to figure out in life what we wanted to do you know um like john like john says it was raw it was unfiltered but that you know it it was part of the charm I mean, if you probably played a show now, you might be like, oh, geez, you know, that was a little rough, you know. But it was the it was the times it was, you know. What we thought was funny. um. And it was really weird. We got a lot of traction, like my mom brought up something, got a lot of traction in Australia. Right. First, first and foremost, like we'd have pockets here and there all over like the United States. I mean, you get you get a lot more downloads in those days you would now. There's just, you know, now it's, you know, you have too many celebrities to do it and, uh, you know, they've, they've taken over the medium. It's, it's you know, and I don't say that in a bad way anymore. I used to. I used to get pissed about it. But it is what it is, you know. As soon as, some, you know, right now podcasting, here here's the difference between now and then. I wouldn't, like, uh, a podcast is an audio radio show basically that you record and then people play it back later. Whenever people see what I do, they automatically assume this video and everything is podcasting. No, this is a this is like a you know, live streaming web show uh, that I post the audio later. And whenever people would like talk about pod, you know, they didn't know what podcasting was. People didn't know. And when you did talk about it, it was real nerd shit. People were like, you know, oh, nerd. Ugh. And so I was a little embarrassed to talk about it at first. There was a long time, long time before I was like, you know, I would just call it a radio show. I do. A, I record a radio because, like, if you said podcast, people just didn't know what it was. It, you know, there was like there was younger people that did, but like most people don't. And now it's like podcasting is the most saturated media medium. I not called media. You know, area like there's more podcasts now than anything else radio shows movies everything. there's more than you know it's insane so where was i in my life i was uh, in in the um super nerd phase apparently i don't know um but i will tell you this man i mean what i do now and uh, you know working in, in it i probably wouldn't have been able to do it if i didn't start podcasting you know because, like, I, I learned a lot of things on my own. Or I would listen to a show and they'd do something and I would be like, ooh, I need to figure out how they did that. And I would, I would figure it out. And I taught myself and I figured out and I, you know, worked on computers and learned the ins and outs of Windows, you know, by trying to figure out how to, you know, how to make this show sound the best I could, um, come off the best I could. So it was just always a fight. And in in that process, I I created a a career for myself. Very, very weird. Um, Here's John. It was sitting in with a bunch of friends who would crack each other up. It didn't have to have a formula. And that had an intimacy to it. I felt like I knew all of you even though we've never met in person. Now, flash flash forward to now, and I try to kind of still do that, you know? As professionally as I can, if that makes sense. I still like when people go, what's your show about? That's what my show is about. A bunch of friends sitting around trying to crack each other up. And I remember when Billy was was on the show and, you know, Holly just first came in. You know, I'd forgotten that for a long time. And then when Billy, you know, Billy and Holly and I and James... There was a whole pocket of shows where all we did was try to entertain each other. And by the end of it, I don't know if the audience liked it, but I liked it and I had fun. And that's what I try to do. It's like if, if I can make myself laugh and I can make the people in the room with me laugh and they can do the same to me, then I, I feel like I'm successful. I don't know how it translates to the public, you know. It's weird. Only till like in the last year or so have I really ever gotten feedback from people. It's very odd. I mean, John would he would he would send email, but I see see Holly's in the audience too. I'm sure grateful for the show, but even more, Aw. See, I got to do an hour of this, Holly. I can't be crying the whole time. (laughs) but you know that that's like it's really weird like i've done podcasts with people not not mine like i've been invited it's very weird i don't get invited to do a lot of other podcasts with people and when i do it it's it's rather enjoyable but it's also very difficult because it's also it's like um it's like letting someone drive your car like you're sitting there the whole time and you're just like i just wanna i don't like the way you're oh man this feels uncomfortable so it's it's an odd feeling, but I did a podcast with this one group one time, and everything they had was scripted completely. They had there were there were a couple of guys, and they had two laptops connected, and they had Google um, Docs open, and they had the outline of their show, and they were constantly changing it as they were talking. And if they didn't like a line, like the way they said a line, they would stop everybody. Like they would hold their hand up, they're like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa." And then they would do it again as or try to be as organic as possible and then just keep going and then later go and edit that together. And I was just like, man, I don't, I don't know how you do this. I couldn't do it. It doesn't seem organic to me. And the stuff I like to listen to, I like, you know, like when I listen, like when I go watch, I watch a lot of podcasts and when I do, like I, I want to. I want it to be as organic as possible. If they're like reading from a teleprompter or reading from some, I just can't do it. I can't, can't do it. Can't be done. Can't be done. It's like, it says right here. No, thank you. That's all I got to say that, but, um, let me get a beer. Um, I don't know, man. I just remember working, Always upgrading equipment. Like, I was so poor all the time. And if I got spare money, then we got, you know, a better microphone. And then, you know, we'd save a little more and get another microphone later on. And, um, I'm switching from the PBR uh, coffee to the PBR beer. All right. <laughs> I, I was like, uh, what, what do I call it? Beer. Yeah. Um, but it was always like uh, a hobby or a labor of love, really. And I always love this. Like you know, I feel like a lot of people nowadays, and I really want to, you know, emphasize this to them. If you decide to podcast and you think you're going to be super famous, and you're going to make a shitload of money, and you're going to get advertisers, and they're going to come in and they're going to give you a shitload of revenue and this will be your job. You're probably doing it for the wrong reasons cuz it's you know it, it's it's a tough one. It's, you know, it's basically a second job that doesn't pay you, but actually costs you money. So it, it, that's what it is. It, you know, if if you you know stay on top of everything and you work as hard at two jobs like at this as your regular job and then your podcasting job you might squeeze out some money but you're probably going to hemorrhage way more you know i mean because equipment breaks um and that, that's never cheap you know i'm sorry like this microphone right here is is not an not an expensive one but it's a hundred bucks you know and i you know I have four of them, but if one of them breaks, then we have a full show in the studio. One person has a shit microphone that might sound off. You know? Um, cables, you go through cables all the time. You know? I don't, I don't, like, basically for me, if the cable stops working, I throw it in the trash. I know there's people who could fix them, but I mean, that's that's tough to do. Um, these swing arms break. I have parts all over the place. Um, hell the software I'm using right here it's you know 30 bucks a month you know things cost it, it's it just hemorrhages money and people are like oh man I can't wait to get into this man you know here, here's what you're getting into I mean you, you know you see these like shows where people you know rebuild cars or whatever and they're like yeah I don't really make a lot of money but I love it you know I mean that's what it is you know you, you just got to love it Oh, geez, man! You guys, Don said there's a genuine, genuine quality that you have, Chris, and that's what I think people respond to. Speaking for myself, anyway. Well, thank you, and I appreciate that. And Holly says Chris is the most genuine person I know. Well, I, you know, I just I try to, you know, be myself, and I try, you know, I, I when I do a show with people, and I, and they're not being themselves. I feel like you can tell. And you know, like John said, I, if you're not just sitting if you if you come in you have an agenda and you're not having a good time, I feel like it comes through. Um you know, like you know, Adam, Adam did this show with me for a couple of years, my friend Adam, Adam Gertson. And uh <laughs> fucking will and adam and i had a great time and people were like you know whatever you know i miss adam and uh why don't you bring him back Well, I, I didn't i didn't make him go adam you know adam you know the show was starting to pick up steam pretty good and adam didn't want he didn't want to be known he just genuinely liked doing the show but if someone saw him on the street and knew him from the show, he he didn't like it. And so he got promoted at, at his job at Albertsons and he just kind of said, hey, I, I, you know, I can't do the show on a regular basis anymore. And I, I was, you know, we used to do, you know, we used to pop up like I do now and just do a show. And, uh, you know, I felt like, you know, we needed to do more of, uh, you know, we're live on this night, you know, every week so people would find it. And Adam, he, he just, you know, he saw, saw that, you know, where I wanted to take the show and he didn't want to come and I, you know, and I, and I have no ill will towards him, you know, and uh, I don't ever see him. I haven't seen him in a long time. Um, I don't know if he got mad at me or what would happen. I don't really know. um, But, you know. I, I'm really appreciative of the, of the couple of years that he gave and he did the show and and Billy came in and um, filled in and and I, I really feel like in the fucking seven years that Billy did it you know we really really found our, our footing and our voice you know and um, you know Billy Billy is like my best friend. And I have really crazy stories. Like Billy was the one guy, man, like, you know, so he knew like how much work I'd put in all this. And, you know, and, and if anybody ever tried to like, I don't know, stomp it down or mess with it, I I was, you know, I was pretty, pretty quick to, to you know, fight. Not like not so much physically fight, but like I was all about, you know. I'm not going to let you you fuck with this thing that I, I I worked hard for, and there was you know many a night where uh, we're out in uh, in uh, public doing about to do a show or something was happening, and I felt like uh, people were trying to railroad me or railroad the show, and I would I'd you know I'd get in their face, and Billy would he would he would pull me back, you know. There was one night we were at the Art Bar. We did our live shows at the Art Bar. If anybody remembers those days, and um, you know, there's a guy. Who, okay, so we were hired to do live shows at the Art Bar for a year. Um, I mean, was they didn't say like for a year. They just that's just how long it happened because the place closed down. But I remember like the owners. Um, they loved what we did, and they were like, you know, they were like, you know, this is great. We love it. Uh, can you come do it here to, at the Art Bar? And I was like, Yeah, man, that, that's awesome. I'd love to. You know, love to do that. I mean, it was a, definitely a challenge. Every week was a challenge. But then they hired a booker to book like all the live the, uh, the uh, to do all the live stuff. Well, he didn't book us. We just kind of were there already. He inherited us, and. I probably didn't come off the best to him because, you know, they were they were kind of trying to force us together. And I wasn't a big fan of, of you know, slam poetry. <laughs> and he, he did that. So I think he could tell I didn't like it. But that, you know, I, I didn't say it to him. But I don't think he liked us. And so he would book... Like I, he uh, he tried to get rid of us many times, and so on Sunday nights we did our show at eight o'clock. So he would book live bands Sunday nights at five p.m. And it, uh, you know, and anybody who knows music, you don't book bands Sunday nights at five p.m. He he did it on purpose because we had to like back in those days. It took about an hour to set up, and we were live on the internet. 8 to 10 p.m. So we had to be there and start setting up at 7. Well, when a live band's supposed to start at 5, they don't ever start at 5. And when they get done, they just kind of walk off stage and start hugging friends and family. They don't start cleaning all their shit off. And so we had – he and I couple, kind of had words a couple times. And, like, there was many a night. Billy was in between us for sure. And, uh, you know, but, you know, I, I, I didn't like what he was doing and – I knew what he was doing and, um, you know, to this day, I still, still don't, not a big fan and, you know, he's still around. Um, but you know, whatever I moved on to what I want to do. And, and it's really funny. Cause like doing a, we did our live show out for a year, every Sunday night, live out for a year, turn the, turn this show into like a talk show, kind of like Conan O'Brien very weird, very interesting time. Like thinking about it, like just thinking about it now, I'm just like fuck, man. Every Sunday night having to go do a live fucking show man, in a bar, and there and there was nights where there was like nobody in there, us and the bartender. There were nights that there was like thirty people in there, you know, and it, there was some fun times. Uh, yes, yes, actually, it is this month. He's not he's not in the scene. It's funny. I'm not gonna know who the person is. But um he's around. He just doesn't do anything with art anymore. <laughs> yeah. You know, anybody wants to know off camera I'll tell you who it is, but whatever. I've stayed true to my my beliefs and you know, he's been fired from many a place, so but um uh, you know, Billy, Billy was, you know, he was there through a lot of the bullshit, you know, and it was really funny. Like, he he knew I would get when I would get amped up. He knew whenever some shit would happen, he would be ready for it. It was pretty crazy. And now and, and, and it's to the point now where, like. He taught me a really good lesson, just like, let it go. Fuck it, you know. And. um it was pretty cool like because he he would uh shield me from people because like when i was trying to get the show ready i'm in a certain headspace and not anymore because i can get it done really quick now but it was like uh usually about it you know doing a live streaming show and then hosting it at the same time is really difficult and it's a lot it's not as much anymore just because the technology has caught up with everything. But, but in, it, you know, in, in those days, it was hard. It was like an hour long to get ready, and then all of a sudden, the audio wouldn't work, or the camera wouldn't work, or whatever. And you'd have to really, like, f- fix shit on the fly. Then Billy would, uh, and there was always somebody that was like hey i want to talk to you hey what you been up to da 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 and i'm trying to like you know my mind is going 100 miles an hour like what is the actual problem and when someone is over there trying to ask you about what what if you've been to this brewery or if you've been to, you know he was like really good about um sh- you know shielding those people away from me cuz i would get pissed and tell them to fuck off um <laughs> oh wow yeah because i'm just like you know and, and it got to the point where i'd just be like you know what dude if this show starts 10 minutes late okay fuck it sorry guys we have this problem you know and that was billy 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 he uh he shot he you know he 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 killed the he killed the demon inside when i would just you know i'd get so frustrated and taught me that it's like whatever man the shit's going to happen. And it's really funny because, like, yeah, now I don't even sweat it. It's like, okay, sorry, guys. The fucking camera is a piece of shit. or The internet went out. Don't know what to tell you. Yeah. You because know? there's so many. There's so many. Like, when you're doing a live show streaming from. Um, shit, where's the last place we did? Um, ah, fuck. I'm trying to think of the last place we did a live show. It was so god dang long. Um, anyway, you're doing a live show from Launchpad. And, you know, someone kicks the cable out, which happens. You know, we would. it, it was so funny. We got so good, like James Smiley, Billy and I. We were like um, our own roadies, you know. We had all these, like, bags of, like, our stuff, like, bagged up, ready to go duct tape in there uh ties everything man we would come in start laying out cable and like taping like just taping it to the floor um it wasn't red door what was the what's the little bar um baruno yeah we did a show at baruno um that was one of the you know what's funny that about that baruno show that's the first time Someone asked me to do a show somewhere, and I didn't ask for free booze because I just really wanted to do a show there. And um, and that was cool. It was really cool. But, um, yeah, I mean, when you're doing a show at Bar Uno and, you know, someone sits at the table next to you and starts just talking all throughout the show, you know, you, you have to just learn to deal with that shit. I don't know. But Billy killed that. He killed that demon inside of me, so now I'm just pretty chill about it all. I mean I'm still, you know, I still get pretty it's funny. I don't get nervous about doing the show like in front of the camera, in front of the crowd, in front of whatever. I get nervous if everything is going to work. <laughs> if that makes any sense. Um once everything works and I'm in front of the camera of the crowd, then I'm actually like relieved you know, I'm just like, oh yeah, (sighs) ah, thank God, anyway, let's talk about, uh, you know, feeding the dog beer, (laughs) ha ha ha, you know, that's the, that's the easy part, you know, um, I just remember how we picked up Smiley, it's so funny, because like, Smiley kind of came out of nowhere, he was on my front porch one night, and, uh, Smiley, when you when you hang out with him, he'll talk about um, how many like two year degrees he has, and apparently he has like three or four two year degrees. <laughs> and uh, I'm like, okay, because when we were going to do the shows at the Art Bar, my big thing was is like, I don't know if I can uh, um, produce the show, direct the show, and host the show in front of a live audience. That's going to be a little tougher. So I was trying to figure it out, and we had our friend Stu do the very first one we did at the Art Bar. And I liked having a second person. I just didn't like having Stu. Nothing against Stu as a worker. I just didn't think every Sunday I wanted to be around Stu. Stu is a great guy, but he's kind of rough to be around for long periods of time. So we were... um, Hanging out one night on our front porch, and Smiley was telling me all the two-year degrees that he has. And I said, hey, man, do you, you know, would you come and do our, like, be the, you know, do the uh, production on our show? And he's like, I don't know. What do you mean? And I started telling him. He's like, yeah, I could figure that out. And I'm like, okay. And, you know, just drunk. You know, when you're drunk and you're, like, making plans stupidly, that's how uh, James came on the show, stupid plans, you know. And um, I just remember, like, I kept emailing or texting him. I said, hey, man, we need to get together this week so I can show you how to do this before the show on Sunday. And uh, he, he kind of gave me the runaround. So I started getting worried. And I was like, oh, shit, I guess I'm going to end up probably, you know, still doing this. And finally I messaged him. I said, hey, you know, we didn't get together. Can you show up like an hour before and I'll show you? and he's like yeah and he did and he and then he did it he was good after that and I'm I'm talking it was way more difficult to do than what I'm doing right now and it was just it was just Billy and I on stage and Red Door uh, Red Red Door tractor brewing would uh, supply us with all the beer we wanted and like one day we brought a, we would always have like an audience mic I learned quickly because I was always like worried about uh, hecklers you know so I learned I learned early to have an audience mic. And that way if someone like heckled out of the crowd, I would always go, "Um, this is actually a podcast. Uh so the audience that's going to listen to this podcast later doesn't didn't hear what you said. Could you come up to the to the front of the stage and say it in this audience microphone here?" And when you did that, like, they immediately would – that that was it. They were done. They wouldn't heckle anymore because they didn't want to come up in front of the audience and actually be on a microphone and and talk. But every once in a while, that would backfire. There was somebody who did, and you'd have to shut him off, you know, tell him to fuck off. There was one night some random person just came up and got on stage and sat with us. Just weird shit sometimes. But – Anyway, one day we we showed up and we had the audience mic and then we had no audience. Nobody was there. It was just a dead day. And uh, I was like, should we just put this microphone in front of Smiley? And Billy was like, yeah, yeah, sure. So we we do. And then we end up like talking to him. And it was kind of like, you know, when David Letterman would talk to uh, Paul Schaefer, like he was just... He was the, 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 you know, or uh, Regis and Kathy Lee. They had the guy Gelman or whatever that would come up. So, yeah, he, he just kind of, it just happened. Like, he, he became a third member. Uh, it, it was just weird. It was like, oh, I guess we have three now? And that's just how it happened. And then, you know, I think we were doing a, a show at the Sanitaria Tortilla Factory. And we were, it was on my birthday and we were drinking, um, fuck, what is that? Thunderbird wine. Because we'd been doing this whole series where we were drinking the alcohol of underage, like when you're underage, what you drink. And Michael, I said, does anybody from the crowd want to try? We had actually a pretty good crowd. I remember that day. There was, you know, they had all the chairs out and all the chairs were full. And there was like standing, standing room at that point and i said, does anybody want to try this and uh michael came out of the crowd and she drank the the thunderbird and then after the show she came up and she said i want to be on your podcast i want to be a member of your podcast i'm on radio and i want to be on the show and so we talked about it and we added michael and there were some ups and downs with her i mean you know i always i always thought i always liked her but you know you know, whatever. And uh, then uh, we met Holly. Like, from, You know, Holly actually was on the show one time at, when we did a show at the rail yards for Alibi on tap. And we didn't like her boyfriend. We didn't know her. And then uh, I did a podcasting festival. I produced a podcasting festival at. Um, the press club I was trying to think of what it is. and Holly worked there and she was like I want to be on your podcast and then you know I think right around that time Michael left you know and yeah we had her on the show and we really enjoyed it and then we asked her to be on and she's been been a member ever since and then Billy left and Ray was on as a guest and we liked Ray and so we asked him to stay and He's been there ever since. So, I mean, that's where the current lineup all comes from. So, <laughs> yeah, we didn't like your boyfriend. He sucked. It's like that little girl. Is this poop? That's how I felt about him. Um, I'm actually sure he's probably fine, but I don't know. I don't know. But, yeah, I mean – it's been an interesting trip, man. I you know, wow. Well, Holly says she's been on the show two years. Last week now, or or two years you've been free of the boyfriend. Which one? I think it's two years on the show. Jeez, really? God dang, time flies. Time flies when you're having a good time. I mean, you know, we've got to do. It's it's crazy. Like um, we got to do the Trinidad thing, the Southwest Chief. Uh, bicycle and Comedy Festival—that's a mouthful. Um, that was cool. I mean, it, they, they let us record in a mortuary. Um, I got—we got to record a show um, in a, a, a weed dispensary in uh, Pagosa Springs, Colorado. That was—that was one of my favorite shows we've ever done. That was a good time. Um, man, I got to do a show. I just remember when I started, I was like, man, imagine if, uh, (laughs) also that boyfriend's a magician. I'm sure he's, I assure you he's not fine. He's just saying, just saying nice. Um, when I started, my goals were, man, maybe like, and I remember talking to, to my friend, Tic Tac, his name's Chris as well. Chris Crawford. I just remember talking to him and I was like, man, wouldn't it be crazy if someday we could, you know, we did this show live in a bar. Wouldn't this be crazy? If we got to do this show in a brewery. Wouldn't this be crazy if we got sponsored and, and people gave us free beer? Wouldn't it be crazy if they if 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 someone made a beer for us? And I mean, I I really think that that was like all the goals I had. And I've done all those. Actually, some of them multiple times. You know, like I remember um, coming up here, and I, uh, you know, I would drink Santa Fe brew like beer, and I was just like, man, you know, I, I thought they were like, you know, the gods of beer because this is, this is like ten, you know, fifteen years ago. You didn't have all these breweries. Santa Fe Santa Fe Brewing was was like one of the original. Them and Three Rivers, you know. And man, I've done multiple shows for them. Hell, they call me whenever they need me to MC for events. And and I'm happy to say yes, and I don't ask for money. I mean they, they pay me, but not in money, but you know in goods and services never in a million years thought i'd you know be doing something like that you know i was just a a punk a punk kid eastern new mexico didn't know you know just just wanted to talk onto a microphone and and have fun i didn't know I, I had no idea who knows and i mean yeah how far have i come not probably not you know if I'd if I'd had better business sense, I'd probably have a you know be way more successful. But I don't know, I don't know that, you know. And everybody's always like, you know, why don't you do more merch? Why don't you do more this? Why don't you do that? Man, it's easy to say all that stuff, man. That, that's all extra work, you know. You know, merch is tough. And then you end up like if you if you buy the wrong shit. This isn't like you know a company. If you buy the wrong shit and people don't buy it, then you're stuck with it and you paid for it. Um, you know, or if you buy t-shirts and you sell it to someone and then they wash it once and all the print comes off of it, you have to give them the money back. I mean, I I feel like I have to, I'm just that kind of guy, you know? So, I mean, it's, it's tough, you know, it's a tough deal. I don't know. So there's a lot of things I would definitely love to have done differently, but you know, a lot of times you didn't have the money. A lot of times you didn't have, uh, you know, the technology wasn't there, you know. I talked to these people the other day. They're like, oh, we've been doing our podcast for two years. I'm like, oh, how do you do it? Oh, we use a cell phone app. Okay. I, I don't know, if, you know. I don't know how to feel about that. I don't know. It's weird to me. I'm not saying it's right or wrong. I'm just saying it's weird. So. It's different. 14 years. A lot of good ones, I tell you that much. A lot of good ones. You know, and I'm not, you know, I'm not going to sit here and say, oh man, I've done this show for a long time and it's cost me a lot of money. I mean, there's been a lot of perks. I'm not going to tell you no lies. I've, you know done shots with the mayor of albuquerque not the current one but previous uh got to hang out in the the Cisco booth at the isotopes park eating all the pizza i wanted and drinking all the beer i could you know for free um i have a crazy st- <laughs> rock and brews is closing in albuquerque and it you know and I, when it first opened i'm not a huge kiss fan but i was you know but Somehow, some way, I got connected with the Rock and Bruise people. And there was a guy who went from. Uh, like, anytime they opened a new one, he came into town and he was there for like eight months while they got on their feet and then he would leave and go to the next one. I partied with that guy multiple times and I thought I was going to die. You know, he. he got it like he he got me to go back to the balloon fiesta and had the most vip experience at the balloon fiesta i've ever could imagine i mean uh, got to do a show at him fiesta multiple years got to do a show at blues and Brews multiple years got to do shows at um the bacon and blues festival uh, you know once i think they only did it once um jeez i couldn't even name all the places that we've been asked to do and go and hang out and you know there's something about that where you just kind of become part you know i just remember being like an outlier on the outside of the artistic community like i don't remember calling myself an artist i remember like i was like oh i do a podcast and you know For me, it was like math. It was like, this is how it works, and I just do math. And it it took me a long time to figure out that, like, oh, shit, I'm an artist. I'm actually, you know, because I'm like, you know, an artist to me is someone who does music or somebody that does paintings or drawings. But it's like, no, you know, sitting at a microphone, there is a skill to this, you know. And, yeah, we'll see. I believe you. Well, I'll go to the Bloom Fiesta with you. I definitely will. I just won't go, like, as a a random person. Like, I'll tell you this. The greatest thing that has happened to me since I've done this show is after I moved to Albuquerque and I was kind of an outsider, this show helped, with the help of Billy, me to become inside. And I don't know how to explain what that means. But, like... I don't feel like I said like I went from being this guy who was looking in to like this whole scene of like music and art and creative people. And there's this bubble like in Albuquerque. There's this definite bubble of those people. And. There's people who are in it. There's people who are like at the forefront of it. There are people who are in it. There are people who are on the fringes of it. And then there are people who are on the outside of it. And I feel like I've come from the outside to pretty close to be in the middle of it. Like I'm in the middle of it now, but I mean I've close been like close to the like, you know, at the forefront of it. I mean, and 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 I only say that because there's times where I've had musicians or artists come to me and they're like, "Hey, can you help me?" get to where i need to go and i'm like yeah i can you know like they'll say hey I, i'd like to do this this show like i had a guy come to me one time and he goes i want to do a show for halloween of murder Ballads. i'm like okay well, what do you need from me and he's like where could i do it and i was like well hold you know how about um the box theater oh man i can't imagine doing that i was like why not he's like well i don't know where to start and i said well, I'll show you where to start. And I walked him right over to the people who own the place and said, Hey, this guy is this person. I think he's amazing. And here's the owner of the blah, blah, blah. And, uh, you know, he's interested in doing this thing, blah, blah, blah. And then, boom, you know, by Halloween, that shit was happening. And if it wasn't for this show and the people who were on the show with me helping me, I would have never got there. And, and I mean, being in place like that where, you know, I can I can facilitate someone who doesn't you know they have no idea what to do because there was a time where I had no idea what to do and that's what this show has done for me and there's no amount of money that can really I mean there probably is (laughs) if you you throw me a couple five you know five hundred million I'll definitely I'll definitely you know build my castle at the top of the mountain I'm just kidding I'm just joking. But being a part of this of this artistic community has really been the thing that I love and also has been the hardest thing during this pandemic because it's just like crippling watching all these people who are super talented not know what to do with it. You know what I mean? It's like you have all these artists out there musicians and they're just I know they're just overflowing like they're just dying they don't have this outlet and it's kind of it's kind of painful for me to watch because um, a lot of them are trying to do these like live streams and they don't really know how and they're just basically setting up a cell phone and playing in front of it and it just the cell phone cannot pick up the music like you know it, it just doesn't it sounds ta- it sounds awful i can't watch it it's tough and i know it's the best that we got but it's not i mean there's you know if you could see it because like i can take all the stuff knowledge i have and i can hook it up to a computer and then hook it up to like someone's stuff and then we could play music and it would you know it's not going to be like it was you know in a live you know setting but if you have good speakers, it'll sound pretty awesome. So, I don't know. It's interesting. Aw. Thanks, Will. Um, does anybody have any questions about all this insanity? I didn't think I was going to get emotional at all. I didn't even think about that. I'm going to blame it on the uh, Pabst blue ribbon hard coffee for the emotional eyes i mean i don't you know i gotta say the 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 thing i'm 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 not worried about it but man i think we gotta have a hell of a party next year for the 15th anniversary i mean it's gonna have to be crazy right ever get a block what does that mean did you ever get a block I don't know what that means. Hmm. I don't think so. But I um oh. No. 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 Never once. Never once. Like uh here here's the constant on this show. I'll tell you this. So oh, okay. So I remember like we went from doing uh five shows a week, one hour a day. Um to the to you know we cut it back once tic-tac left the show tic-tac left the show because he was a uh, catastrophe adjuster and there was uh i don't know if it's katrina or one of those hurricanes hit and i mean he, he if he wasn't on the road for those i mean he lost out on hundreds of thousands of dollars so he left but um so Adrian and I, we cut it down, I think, to like two days a week. And then I think it went down to one hour a week. Um, I don't know what that one means. Um, did you ever have an overwhelming amount of content where you can't keep up? Um, no, it, it's, it never works like that. So like I said, there's nothing scripted. There's never scripted. Like whenever, like whenever you did the show, Will, I had no notes. Everything was like as free for all as I can get. And there's actually a lot of questions that we missed out on probably because of that. And we still have a lot more questions for you. Will Fitzpatrick is from the, uh, aviate podcast and he's a aviator. And, uh, he did a show with us a couple weeks ago and it's, you know, it's tracking very heavily. People love it. It's doing well on the charts. Uh, number one with the bullet, number one on the streets. Um, but so we would do one hour a week and then whenever um, Adrian left and you know Adam came in, you know, we would do an hour a week, you know. And it seemed like enough because, you know, when there's just two of you, it, you know, it just depends. But then like when Billy came in, Billy and I really clicked, man. We were just bam. It was like perfect. And a lot of times we would ha- even if we had guests or whatever, we would just really keep hate to stop and so i'd be like well fuck it man we'll go into after hour overdrive and we can never remember what to call it and one day billy goes how about we're going into the wavy hour because we're wasted and wavy was real big trending on uh, twitter with the teens and so billy would you know he liked he liked stuff like that so if we went over one hour We called it the wavy hour. If we we just had so much fun and and just had so much more to go uh, over an hour, we would call it the wavy hour. And the reason why – there's actually a reason why I like to stop at one hour because – and there's actually a reason why there's a break at the hour and then I restart. Like like I probably don't need to anymore like play the theme song again. But the reasoning for that was is on the um, podcast host I used, it was free and they would only let you put an hour at a time up. So, I would stop at an hour and then if we were going to go over, we would, you know, we would take a pee break and then we'd come back and we would do the theme song again so that whenever I would upload it on the um the uh, the podcast host, I would just do one hour for the uh, you know, show 422 hour number 1. For, uh, show 422 hour number two and it was just because they only allowed me to put up um one hour of audio at a time and that's why there was like that limit on it so then we just kept you know kept doing shows where we just go over an hour so i'm just like well fuck it let's just be a two hour show and so then it then became this like whole thing where um you tell people like, Oh yeah, we have a podcast and they go right on. How long is it? How long? Oh, it's two hours. And a lot of times people would be like, damn two hours. And you're like, yeah, it's fine. It's fine. And they're like, I don't know if I could talk for two hours. And I would always tell them it's fine. We'll take care of you. And so then they, people would come over and I would say out of all the two hour shows I've done, there's probably less than five where it was a struggle to get through the two hours. Most of the time, people you would finish and people would be like, shit, that was two hours. But you'd be like, yep, that was two hours, man. And it just went by like that, you know. And, you know, um, some of my favorite guests of all time. I, I, let me go that route. Um, so the people who've done the show the most guest wise, um, Sage Harrington's probably done this show about six times. Um, she's a musician. Uh, there was a really great show at the art bar where her and and this other singer, Meredith, um, what was Meredith's last name? Um, God, I can't remember her last name. Anyway, they, they were two separate singers. And for some reason, like, they didn't really sing. They never sang together. And we asked them to do a duet for, like, our Christmas show. And then after that, they, like, sang together all the time. And, like, we kind of, like, created that. And that was kind of cool. But Sage done this show about six times. Lauren Poole, the Lynette, the uh, shit say, she's done this show about six or seven times. Um, always awesome to have her on. Her uh, boyfriend Alex Knight. Uh, you can look him up on IMDb. He's done this show about five or six times. Um, yeah, he was in the in the first season of the show Preacher. He got his dick shot off. Um, I'm trying to think other favorite guests of this show who've been on multiple times. Um, I mean, Will Will was a great guest. He did, we'll have Will on again because I've got I definitely have questions in my head that I meant to ask and I just we just had so much fun sometimes you have so much fun you just you know and people are like um you didn't ask that aviation guy if he's ever had a crash you know shit like that you know people get all bent out of shape and it's like you know we're having a great time you know trying to think of the great guests um Man, it's just so many that you know just love them I would say one of my favorite interviews I've ever done And I don't even know if you can find it anymore. was this guy, Patrick. He's the lead singer of a band called Community FK. And if you look that band up, they are. uh, Oh, man, they're like, uh, let's see, post-punk, gothic rock. And I mean, that band started in the 70s. And I'm not, you know, I've never listened. I've listened to the music because they were on the show. But, like, yeah, the first album came out in, like, 83. Okay, formed in 1978. Anyway, this dude comes on, and I'm like... You know, he, he's, like, painted white, wears a big, like, witch hat kind of thing. And uh, what was his name? It is... Patrick Mata. That's his name. And... Oh wow, he uh. Oh wow, associated acts, Jane's addiction. He was just like a a, a plethora of stories from the seventies and eighties punk scene, like, Dee um, Dee Ramone like pulled a joint out of his mouth at a party and he almost beat his ass, just shit like that. Really an amazing. I'd love to find that one, and it was just such a great interview. Just uh, he had so many great stories about like the seventies and early eighties punk scene. And, you know, there's just so many of those stories. I mean, I couldn't tell you. I'd have to go looking through it all, but I don't know. <sighs> what, a, what a long, insane, fun trip it's been, you know? I've met a lot of people because of it. Uh, a lot of great friends. Um, had a lot of great co-hosts. Um, learned a lot of things. It's given me a career. And... You know, a lot of great people come up to me and say, you know, that they like the show. Um, And, you know, I look forward to, you know, at least at least 14 more years, you know. Yeah, may not be doing 10 drink minimum, but it'd be doing some sort of podcast, you know, hopefully. Hopefully we'll see. I don't know. 10 drink minimum for life. That's what I'm saying. I want to thank you guys for for letting me, you know, you know roll down the the memory highway, you know, some great times, you know, some good memories. And, uh, I look forward to the rest of them. You know, we'll see what happens. Will I be doing this when I'm 60? We'll see. I hope so. I hope so. You guys all have a great night. Hopefully I'll see you guys on Sunday night, six to 8 p.m. Live facebook.com forward slash 10 drink. Um, if you if you want to see some uh, extra content, I do a I have a YouTube channel, May Media, uh, M A Y D O W. Look me up. I do a lot of uh, of recording on my my Wowgo uh, eboard, so big fan of that. One of the, you know one of the best things I've ever bought in my entire life. Did my uh, I did a, a recording today because uh, I just hit a hundred miles on it, and I wanted to kind of give my impressions of it at hundred miles. I was riding back on a, on a trail uh, by the Bosque, and I almost ran over a snake that was on the trail. Like, I was riding up, and I was like, is that a stick? And I was like, oh, shit. And I was, shoop, zoomed around it. And I missed just watch the footage. So should be cool. But thank you guys for listening. I love you all. Peace.